0: Hello and welcome to season two, episode six of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Avis. I'm Caroline.
1: And I'm producer Charlie.
0: And today we're discussing Degrassi season two episodes 12 and 13 white wedding parts one and two. Roses are red. Zetus Lapidus will spike cancel the wedding over one little fetus. Spike discovers she's pregnant one day before the wedding. Spike discovers she's pregnant one day before the wedding. She and... geez, that doesn't work. Spike discovers she's pregnant one day before she and Snake are set to tie the knot. Does she make the reasonable and responsible choice to discuss this with him ASAP? Of course not. Instead, she tells Emma... (laughs) Instead, she tells Emma, decides on how... Instead, she tells Emma, decides on her own how Snake will feel, and strongly considers getting an abortion. Oh, and she fucks up Emma's hair. Can she figure out how to handle things like an adult before they walk down the aisle? Also, in this episode, despite the clear boundary Snake sets, Joey hires an exotic dancer for the bachelor party. And a bunch of people are really gross about it.
2: All right. That's pretty much White Wedding in a nutshell.
0: It is. Um, and I mean, All right? It's that's a, a wrap. It's a, <laughs> it's a good two. I mean, I feel like this is probably one of the rare two parters that isn't like high stakes. Right. For what we like, it's not that we don't care about Spike and Snake. It's just that like they're not tip, they're not like most of what we get like we're we're like holding off on checking on page and and (laughs) and and certain other
2: you know there's conflict there's drama but like yeah it is is very low stakes it's very like you know we're used to these two-parters covering heavy heavy stuff and this one
0: right it doesn't and i don't know if it's like and i realize that it's they don't all have to and that's probably like you know I think that the biggest thing that probably happens in this episode you know to take it out of just Lanier discussing it is that Emma and Sean get together they finally have a meaningful kiss Emma you know basically falls on her feelings for him and doesn't and decides that she will take the risk of being in a relationship. <laughs> so yes, because she likes this boy. So um, and I love how uh, like Manny says, uh, uh, Sean, your love. <laughs> like it's, because it's very like, I think that's the biggest thing that happens. And I mean, go snake and spike because I do think that if you have watched the older show and if you watch their arc on this show and then you go back to the old show you expect to see them more and they are not they're they're not really f- they're friends sort of but they're not friends at the same they've been, time.
1: They've been friends since junior high.
0: They've so been adjacent hard. friends. They've been in the same social circle. <laughs> since junior high but there was actually another girl that snake dated more exclusively um I I think her name's Melanie I think her name's Melanie correct me if I'm wrong I'm probably wrong I'm bad with names I mean I know there um, is a Melanie yeah if I see that girl if I see that girl but she um she was the one who he was crushing on. Spike was too busy being pregnant and dealing with Shane's ass. So, and then once she was pregnant, she had a baby. So when she stopped, sorry, when she stopped being pregnant, she had a child. So she wasn't necessarily, you know, focused on dating and such for right. a while. And I mean, having a child in high school, or in junior high can be a deterrent to your love life snake saying that we have been friends for so many years maybe it's best that we keep it that way i think is um it kind of that feels like the most genuine part
2: Mm -hmm. of their entire arc say that
0: no that's snake that's snake when they're walking on the pier and Mm -hmm. you know he's frustrated um And uh, Spike says something similar to maybe it'll stay that way, but like she's, I think she says it in a series of things like, and ends with like the baby, maybe that won't, uh, meant to, maybe it's not meant to be either. That's with Caitlin and... Right. Not with him, but she does, I think it's like their wording is similar. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, it's like, I wanted them to be more of like an event for me of like them getting together. And it's like, I enjoy it. I really do. I think that they're a sweet couple, but it's just not like, it is a little bit of a detraction from the main storyline because they're not, they're, they're the parents. And even though they have played a role, they're not like the, the main storyline right now.
2: No, I agree. I think though... I think a lot of the, like, Degrassi classic tie-ins were attempts to, like, have us be watching with our parents.
0: Oh, definitely. You know,
2: which I think is kind of cool. I think, I totally see Degrassi as, like, the kind of show that would be good to watch, like, with your parent or with your child.
0: Yeah. And, like, even in some households at that time, I mean, it started airing in, like, I think, 87. Some households didn't have more than one TV, so they were still trying to get programming where they're like, okay, everybody can watch this. Mm -hmm. This is for the whole family. And I can see that, you know okay I watched this with my family at this time even though we all have different we have TVs in every room now it's 2001 2000 like we can still get together and watch this because okay I recognize these characters and I do think that's why they take a while to phase them out and it's why they keep their storylines not you know like kind of in your peripheral Mm -hmm. so you're not like oh don't forget Snake and Spike are getting married also in this episode, Joey sells his house. <laughs>
2: exactly. I exactly. this is an interesting one where like it's rare it's rare that the A pot, plot and the B plot are so entwined.
0: Right. Uh-huh. I was thinking that I was just like there's it's just plot. We're just yeah, just it's plot, just plot. In here. It's, it's just, just, just like plot. it's like it's the just a a big old ball. Plot just a big old ball um, yeah and I mean, obviously, obviously I, it's, and emma's running through it all barefoot so. emma's running through it all barefoot with her <laughs> hair looking a mess <laughs> emma don't give a fuck and i mean that's Person, fine why
2: are we why are we perming her hair for a one day thing have you never heard of pin curls have you never heard of rollers have you never heard of like
0: don't you know she's like she's so dramatic there's no way that she was do, going to get the the dramatic result that she was looking do for do we think that
2: maybe spike isn't a hairstylist at all that's just her cover and she's a dancer and that's how she knows fancy
0: if so she's because, deep under because she's deep under
2: <laughs> because what are you doing to your child's hair i'm sorry there were like and i guarantee you in the next episode emma's hair is going to be back to normal which is not what happens with a perm
0: perm is short I, for permanent.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <sighs> oh man I, it's funny it's that's there are no repercussions for this well it's degrassi <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a thing where I'm like, okay, I think that they needed something for Emma to further be stressed about. You know, they wanted to just make her a ball of nerves in this episode. And I mean, that's fine. But it's also, that's super, like, I feel like you could have given her something else to do because you know that it's, it's never going to be discussed again. Um, well, like <laughs> The fact that she had a perm and almost... All of her hair, she pissed off
2: somebody in hair and makeup. Yeah. And they were like, you know what?
0: <laughs> well, between
1: her mom being pregnant, the maybe abortion, the wedding, you'd think she's got enough on her plate without the perm.
0: But no, you'd let's think. give her a perm. No, it's she's so bad, she...
2: y'all. It's so bad. We'll post a picture of it if you. there's stages
0: to this thing too there's stages to this bitch it's like the the pre-perm with all the curlers and the the cotton gauze and then it's the the post-perm when it's like she's wandering around in her fucking bare feet and her or not her bare feet and her pajamas and her fucking bunny slippers around the the city streets looking like a like a puffball like like puff from the proud family like like she's got major fro going on and not in an It's not good. Thing. And then we've got like the wedding quaff, coif, quaffant, um, which is also not that great. They get Lucy it's, and finally they're. They like, get Lucy. they call in 911. Hello, it's Lucy. 911. What's your hair emergency?
1: Is Lucy the the actual hairstylist that Spike claims to be?
0: <sighs> she's she must be because gosh she makes this a uh, bleak situation you know Someone she better. she makes it so emma does not have to have her first kiss looking like like the bride of frankenstein yeah but I, like, so in like, love with or, emma he would
2: have had their first without kiss the height she had bird poop on her shoulder
0: oh he totally would have he would have kissed her after pulling that 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 burger out of the damn um Garbage for her. He would have. They would. They would have. would have made out with her near those dumpsters. He is in it for the long haul. I'm just saying. Damn, she would care. But she.
2: So the main plot, I guess, essentially, we have three plots. The main plot is Emma's hair. Um, it really is. And then the next, the next plot is the Spike and Snake thing. You know, they're about to get married. Um, did you take him out? Hold on one second. No, I did not. <laughs> bruh okay so the main plot is <laughs> the main plot is Emma's hair um it's really the star of the episode and then you've got the next plot is this whole spike and snake thing and a lot of shit goes down there um you know, Spike's already feeling some type of way about it, but she's gonna talk to Archie. But then, like, all of their friends are hovering nearby, and somebody says something about kids, and he's like, "Well, not right away." Mm-hmm. And like, Which a, is valid,
0: right? And I'm sorry, Spike. Jeez, and he
2: doesn't know about s- the little fetus inside you yet, so he doesn't know that it's on the
0: table. Like, I just—it's I, it's a lot of miscommunication It's not. She doesn't want to communicate, honestly. Her character, they don't want to write her any differently. And I swear the same people, like the the scripts were left behind from when she was like 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. They write her the same. She is so soft spoken and like in her head and she won't talk to someone about things. She'll talk to Emma. She'll talk to Emma about everything, but she won't like actually communicate with the person she's supposed to be marrying. And for me, it's like, I just want her to, and I do note that she has the phone in her hand um, right before Emma runs in and Mm -hmm. says my perm mom. And then she has to put the phone down and help her get her hair together. But you could, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It just wasn't, she wasn't communicating. She doesn't um, handle it well. She, she and then talks she, to herself. and She
2: gets the Degrassi kiss of death, which is advice from Caitlin Ryan. Oh
0: my! She's gosh.
2: like gonna call Snake and then Caitlin is like, it's not, it's his bachelor party. It's not the vibe. Like Caitlin, we don't have a lot of time here. Uh, and then Emma's bitch ass walks over to Joey's in the middle of the night and tells Snake, I get snake being mad absolutely. i don't really love how he's coming at emma
0: yeah well why? i i mean he does apologize i think it's like I, I i feel like that part is such good acting on his part because um it's relatable it's like why is this coming from you like why is it coming from you like i'm sorry that i'm You know that I lashed out but he and he does say that but it's like in the moment learning that kind of like huge life changing information from your your would be stepdaughter (sighs) is extremely shitty because you know he I'm sure he feels like we have enough of a of us we should have enough of a strong relationship for you to tell me something as basic as I, I am expecting a child with you. <laughs> like I mean, I there, there's a kind of a common courtesy there, and I mean, Spike just treats it like. This is my, and it is her choice. I'm not saying it's not, but at the same time, it's not like your situation is different. It's not like you guys are just casually dating. It's not like you guys had a one night stand and you're in between defining the relationship. Like there is some measure of security. Well, and You are engaged to this man. Talk to him.
2: And and it's not like (laughs) she doesn't bring up abortion until until Snake says the thing about like, you know, I want to get settled first and all of that. And so she's not, she's not making the decision, not that she ends up making it, but she's not considering it because it's what she wants. So much as what she thinks Snake wants. And I think in that instance, yeah, I think the man's opinion is a little valid there.
0: And it's like, you can't, presume what i want and it's not you haven't talked to me about it it's we not haven't fair had a to him like because
2: whether they end up together or not mm-hmm. if she has an abortion that she doesn't super want to have because of what she's decided his feelings are on it right
0: that's so much resentment be- building up exactly and and it could have been super it's very preventable because i feel like you can never know what's going on inside of someone's head. Just like he, you don't always know what's going on with someone either. Like she, he, he he says like, Oh, I'm worried about an exotic dancer or sorry. He does say stripper. We we're making the effort to just say exotic dancer versus what the characters say, because it is very 2002. Um, It, you can tell that like, he's like, I had no idea. There's just no way I would have thought about that. Like I made an offhand comment earlier about it. Like he must be, you know, like a million thoughts racing in his head. And he's just like, oh, I'm worried about, you know, this party and she's pregnant. And like, that's obviously the biggest thing to him right now Mm -hmm. because, and and that's what kind of devastates me. It's not
2: like there's a difference between... you're not pregnant a kid is not something that like we're doing right now unless we specifically choose to and so Mm -hmm. I'd like to wait until I get a little settled and oh you're pregnant okay I wasn't ready for this but cool I'm ready to jump in or oh you're pregnant I'm not into that you know and like she doesn't She just doesn't give him the chance. And, like, I get it. All of the miscommunication is very realistic. Mm -hmm. It's still very frustrating. And it's still, like, I get the relationship she has with Emma has been this way for 14 years and, like, all of that. But, like, have some fucking boundaries. Yeah. Your 14-year-old is not the person that you discuss whether or not you're going to terminate a pregnancy with.
0: And her, right? Him saying like something should be private is valid Mm -hmm. because it's not like oh he's, it's not like they're trying to. In his opinion, he wants to hide that. Like, of course, she needs to be informed that she's going to be a big sister, but she shouldn't be part of the like. She shouldn't be the first person to know about this pregnancy, and if she is the first person and it happens honestly, okay, but fucking snake should be the second person right like there would there shouldn't be a a, like you said a flow of communication from spike to emma to snake that's not how it should work i do think i think like
2: it's not like she like took the test and then went and found emma and was like hey guess what i'm pregnant she took the test right after she got the positive emma's upstairs freaking out about the cake Right.
0: And it just,
2: you know, happened. and so like, yeah. I, I don't, it's, it's,
0: it's a not series th- of unfortunate events. It is. And I just, and I mean, it's not that I'm saying that it was a malicious in the beginning that it was a malicious sort of, Oh, I'm not going to tell snake. But then it becomes a, oh, this, maybe this wasn't meant to happen and this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. when um, I really feel like there isn't, it's not fair. There's no yeah. basis for she's that. She's making
2: a lot of and- decisions without even bringing him into the
0: fold. Like, she's she talking can- about canceling their fucking wedding. Right. With And like, and honestly, had she done that, and I don't think she would have told him why. She wouldn't. So that imagine the devastation for Snake at not only like losing a a fiance and like you know his wedding being canceled, but also losing the potential for a family without even knowing Mm -hmm. any of the reasons why.
2: Plus, you know, Emma would have held that shit against him, and he's got four more years of being her teacher.
0: Oh, Emma can hold a grudge like people, you know
2: it's yeah no, it's there's a, it's just a whole there's mess it, it, and i would it, like it is it is i would like to see spike do better
0: i want to see her do better simply because she's going to be married now um there needs to be some kind of accountability for you know, understanding how your brain works. Okay, you tend to let things spiral based off of unrelated comments mm-hmm. <laughs> and things that you know you don't fully know the scope of. Like maybe if Snake had context, he wouldn't he wouldn't have right. made that comment. Right. <laughs> maybe if he'd known that he isn't expecting father, because her you know her speech to him I think is very good. Her saying. You know, Emma couldn't have come at a worse time, but sometimes it's not about when you're ready. Life just hands you something and you got to you got to deal with it. And in this instance, tells even though Snake she that Emma's not a mistake, she tells Snake that. But she tells, if you were in my position and you made this mistake a second time, I but mean, like she was a child. It's horrible, yeah. horrible,
2: horrible shots
1: Fired.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's horrible wording, Ooh. but like the sentiment makes sense. Like it's not, you're not a mistake. But un- like I didn't try and get pregnant you were
0: a surprise right and like then of course manny having to console her and saying well that means that you are you were wanted if you weren't wanted in some capacity then you wouldn't be here can we take a (laughs) second to shout out how amazing manuela
2: santos is throughout this episode
0: because also um i think we to shift into the i mean i guess the the it's not the sea. It, it's related to. It's Emma's, all interwoven. It's all interwoven. Whatever. But to the um, Sean plot. Yeah, to the Sean plot. Um, Manny decides to um, play match make rematch maker and like invite Sean to the wedding and say that Emma insisted that Manny give him this invitation and Sean like is so fucking happy. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking happy. And then of course, when Emma finds out, Manny's like. I thought you'd be happy, and she's like, "Fuck you! Go get the invitation. Go uninvite him. Go uninvite him." <laughs> and I'm like, "You, like, pause. Like, she's a she is a really good friend for that because no, I would not go back. Right. I would just like you're just gonna have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, you're just sorry. gonna have to. That boy's just gonna have to come, and you're gonna have to tell He's him go so home. So sad. So Tracker sorry. Tracker is
2: great in this episode too because Tracker's like." he is tracker knows how to be there for Sean with like yeah. not coming on too strong. You know, when Manny uninvites him, he's like, you know, we can still go to Va- Vancouver for the weekend or like wherever they were going to go. He's also yeah. wicked handsome today. Like it's fine.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> Caroline's crush on a uh, tracker. Cameron continues. And my acknowledgement that the man can dress continues. Yeah. <laughs> the man I... can dress now
1: i do i do kind of want to like i loved tracker this episode even from mm-hmm. before manny shows up to uninvite sean just every moment sean's working on the bike tracker's like that's good work you're doing good work yeah and just being supportive nonstop. he's like hey we gotta we got i've got a trip planned tomorrow if you want to come mm-hmm, sees right. the wedding invite just goes never mind you got better plans
2: yeah no yeah he's, well and he's he very does. supportive in a like in this way that's very constant but like he's not coming on too strong. Right. Cuz a kid like Sean, you know, I feel like you come on too strong and he's like gonna feel like a charity case. Mhm. And Tracker's just kind of like indifferently like, "Yeah, no, I was going to go on this trip. You can come if you want."
1: And it's offer still fans.
2: And it's it's no, it's really good. I really like Tracker a lot. I
0: yeah, I think he's he's like a great Uh, stability for Sean in a way that like I think that is really good for him at this point Mm -hmm. because he needs he doesn't need a lot of like he doesn't need to be smothered he needs someone who is going to actually try to guide him and I really think it shows in just the maturity that he gives Mm -hmm. like most characters like he is really like impressively mature for someone who you know was held back a year like just with that attitude, like some kids don't like you know, like being in a grade with kids that are not your you know the kids you should be with, can have a like a really like mm-hmm. shitty effect on your attitude. He takes it in stride and he's like, I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna do my best to make it through. Um, and he would um, you say that whatever it it takes? I think he I think he would say I think that that would be Sean's motto. But I think he's just sweet. Like he has a lot of good qualities and he, he is what Emma needs. Like, I I really think that that is also something that I really like about this episode is that, or these two episodes is that Emma comes to him and she's like, I need reassurance that who I am is okay. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to because he can't, he, he can't tell her and he doesn't lie to her. Like he tells her straight, but it's like what he thinks about her is the truth. Like, she nobody does really like get super upset with her for meddling in their lives like Mm -hmm. no one hates her for it and i think because he sees all of the best qualities in her he is able to just like reassure her that like everything's fine you didn't fuck anything up maybe you should have minded your business but it's fine like it's (laughs) fine it's fine no one's gonna hate you (laughs) but what the fuck what the fuck but i um, love so
2: many people make fun of
0: emma's hair my favorite is joey yes uh, it's like and i mean it's talk mr jeremiah i love when lucy sees it and she's just like damn <laughs> like she take like a visible like kind of like yeah. a step back like oh my um and i mean also shout out to the fact that lucy is so underutilized in this episode it sucks and I mean, I'm glad that she's there, of course, because they just, you know,
2: but ends, I, you know, the it's series. nice like, to have her there. It's
0: frustrating. They
2: bring Lucy back a couple of times and they never really use her.
0: No, they don't. It's like they want her there because she's once again nostalgic and she is a fan favorite character. But they don't want to like actually give her anything. Like we don't know what's up with her. I don't know if we get what's up with Caitlyn though but we get so much more of Caitlyn that it's kind of like No because we're like... still laying the seats for Caitlyn and Joey. And I just want to I, I think we were talking about this before we started recording. I don't care. I don't care about Joey and Caitlyn. I don't care. They're
2: a horrible relationship. It's <laughs> always been a horrible relationship. Like oh my god, I have a lot of love for joey just in like he's an he's an entertaining character i think pat does a
0: great job but like he he brings that life right like if and i think it's one of the like testaments to actors and how people say oh acting doesn't matter actors don't matter they really do because there are some characters that would just be the worst if they did not have an actor to breathe charisma into them right and that is what pat does for joey because anybody else playing joey would be skeezy skeezy and skinny and the backdoor alley guy
2: not that he's like hey (laughs) not to turn this into black mold theory for a minute but that's how i feel about federico in six feet totally
0: is if they hadn't had freddie
2: rodriguez playing that role brilliant he would have been insufferable but there's just something so charming about freddie rodriguez Mm -hmm. that he makes rico palatable um but that's that's a story for another podcast charles
1: since we're already on joey and joey being gross Mm -hmm. should we maybe talk about joey's side story where he gets easily convinced by a 13 year old to hire a
2: 15 but still yeah no it's it's weird and it's gross it's it's i don't like like snakes set a boundary And this is the thing that happens in TV a lot when somebody gets married is the groom is like, I don't want any exotic dancers. And then the best man's like, ha ha, we got you one anyway. Mm -hmm. And I hate that trope. Yeah, It's gross. Respect people's fucking boundaries. Um, Honestly, the whole bachelor party, the bachelor party as a whole kind of grosses me out. Like snake is carrying around this ball and chain. And you know it wasn't his idea.
0: And it's just, it's a prime example of like, oh my that gosh. That are the, the streets. Ball okay. And right. Like, it, it's, uh, and I mean, I really think that, I, I really think that there is a problem for me in that it wasn't even about the boundary. It's like, and I mean, it is about the boundary, of course, but it's like for my issue with it was that, you know, Snake wanted to go bowling. snake wanted to go fucking bowling it's like how about what he wanted to do right he did not want to sit in joey's house drinking and i mean when you bowl sometimes you might have a a beer or two that's possible so if you guys wanted to drink you could have drank at the bowling alley and let snake play his couple of games of bowling if they were really caring about like giving him the last hurrah or whatever they would have done what he wanted to do Right. Like, I, I really think that for me, it's it's a little bit of a personal pet peeve when people say, oh, I want to do something nice for you. And then they do what they want to do. It's like, bitch, you could have just did that without me. Like, well, you Like this is supposed way. to be a special occasion for Snake. And, and, right. and you're making it about a stripper. You're making it about, sorry, an exotic dancer that you literally were... Uh, led astray to hire
2: and employ for this party.
0: Right. Like you turn this thing into on the fly into something that, and it's very classic Joey to be led astray. And I actually think it's funny that they do this scene where, You know, it's Craig that convinces him because I mean, of course, I think JT's character is inspired by Joey, but I also think that Craig's character is inspired by Joey because of, but just different aspects. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Joey was super, like he was the class clown in junior high. Like uh, you know, I think JT still very much is in junior high mentality. He is not in high school yet. Um, And Craig is the high school version of Joey once he grew a little bit and started feeling himself a little bit and hit puberty and like that they're just two different aspects of his character but I think it's funny that like Craig is the one who's manipulating the situation and Joey's like the like junior high Joey who's just a bunch of like giggles and you know is tripping over himself to kiss a girl or whatever like that it's just like two versions of himself battling and i think it's hilarious (laughs) it's really Um, meta it's funny (laughs) connected yeah
1: connected to that that like jt and craig are both states of joey i love that craig i love the journey of the fedora in this episode (laughs) Craig roams around town looking for strippers with the fedora on and, and sorry, exotic dancers. And when fancy shows up at the party,
0: mm-hmm. Craig like
1: rushes to answer the door. And then yeah. Joey's like up to your room, puts on the fedora. <laughs> it's just like Joey, Jeremiah, nice to meet you. Oh
0: my gosh. It's so funny. It is so funny. Um, Inside
1: of Joey, I... there are two wolves. <laughs> I Craig and JT.
0: I secretly love when characters do the thing where they're like, I'm this character, like <laughs> I'm Joey Jeremiah. <laughs> like, I'm JT York. Like a couple characters do that. And I think it's funny, like how many people, like we, we, we are our names. Yes. Um.
2: <laughs> I feel bad for Toby and JT when, um, when Joey calls their parents, not because they don't deserve it. Absolutely. Their parents should be called. Mm-hmm. but we know how Toby's parents deal with curiosity about sex so i assume that they had jt come over and then they paid fancy to do a private show in their living room and made oh jt and toby watch with them is the a thing i assume is, what happened poor toby's never going to have a normal
0: relationship with the, sex. and like i maybe they
1: hired a chippendale
0: it's literally like the fact that they that they did that, they did that and that was not like criminalized i'm yeah <laughs> like, i'm still mad about that i'm still I'm so mad, die about, mad that. about that that was so like no they did not consent to that that was by force there're like three crimes happening yeah <laughs> at no, one time no. they couldn't oh consent to it their children their chi- it's not okay don't it's like, like endangerment of a minor don't like there used to be this meme when i was in like high school, it's like, do you watch, you watch porn with your friends? And I don't know where it came from, but that's, it's probably from like an obscure internet video, but it it literally is like, we used to yell at each other. You watch porn with your friends. And I don't know, (laughs) but that's literally like that, that comment you just made, like, (laughs) it's so, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, No, I really
2: feel for Toby because like, you are just setting this poor kid up for, a life of shame a life of shame and shit's got, that's got to be
0: unpacked shame I'm so hard hard to happy unpack. that like for oh all of gosh. the ways
2: in which my house could have been better more so my dad my dad's take on like the fact that his children were going to be curious about sex was like really great you know he wasn't creepy and weird and whatever he would answer our questions like
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I think that goes a long way
0: yeah, no, I think I definitely think it goes a long way because it just it doesn't create um, an environment of shame or fear. It, it's like people like are going to be at, at all stages of life. I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to call even, you know, like because people are like kids aren't people. They are. Yeah. <laughs> even babies are Even people. babies are people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay people at all stages of life are curious about sex and there are going to be explorative things that need to happen in order to develop not only an understanding, but also like just like a competency in sex. Like you can't, it's not fair to to demonize it or to make it seem like something that that like you can't learn about. And then you, if, when you do, I mean, but also curiosity for this and like being salacious, like are two, I feel like and there's you, a line that's crossed you, with JT and Toby. Cause you're it's not curiosity. Talking to
2: the kids about sex, go look up old episodes of talk sex with, <laughs> <laughs> with Sue Johansson
0: or buy one of her books.
2: Be
0: yeah. Like, let, her go, let her do the work. Let her do the work. And cause that's competent and responsible sex education because you have a responsibility as someone who is raising another person, to equip them as best as possible, because honestly, this is two thousand two. The shit only gets worse from here. Like the, the like the media that the kids are intaking these days is on another plane. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about exotic dancers anymore. You that is contained compared to the shit that you could just find on network TV, on cable TV, right. like. On any streaming service, like, I know they have kid profiles and stuff, but honestly, I don't know how long people, like, censor their kids in their teenage years. So you're just seeing a bunch of titties
2: and and ass and sex. Is that, you know, if you're not talking to your kids about sex, somebody is. And more likely than not, it's somebody who is very much not qualified. The kids learn about sex from each other. Somebody's got an older brother or sister.
0: Right. Not qualified or even someone who might not have the best interests of that child at heart. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to understand that, like, even something as simple as a television show is seeking to, you know, target a specific audience and they're they're like they're looking to entertain you they're not looking to educate you right like I think that there's a like a lot to be said for Degrassi because the goal is mainly to entertain I'm not sorry the, the goal is mainly to educate not entertain mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of you know things that could have been done better and handled better overall but there's not there's never any point where I feel like oh they are sacrificing the the goal of the story or the the resolution goal of the story and making it something that is education worthy for entertainment they are always trying to give the best scenario uh outcome possible and have the characters have learned something like Emma learned something about herself and she finally you know resolves uh an season long and you know and some change plot a lot of what they do in this show is to educate and it's a very refreshing change of pace like think about even something that i enjoyed and and i know we talk about it too much so i'm gonna make it brief but pretty little liars the goal of that show was to entertain you, and you see how the go- the fucking tone is so different. <laughs> they do not give a fuck about the mental health of these women. No, and the <laughs> of these fucking with high schoolers dating the her or marrying her groomer, and everybody acting like it's oh my god, so romantic. Goals. This, these are couple goals and marriage goals. Yeah, like it's very much. Oh, this is entertainment versus oh this is what we want our kids to watch to educate them on healthy relationships because if all if only you if, if a child is uh, you know a 13 year old girl 12 year old girl is watching pretty little liars what she's gonna walk away with is like it is fine to be like shitty to your friends and manipulate them at every turn it is fine to fucking fuck my teacher and, and keep all of the it, secrets and let's never get our moms involved. And also and It's fine to never involve my parents in anything that's major in my life that could be also, detrimental to my mental health.
2: keep wearing heels even though we spend a good chunk of time running through woods and warehouses and <laughs> creepy Nobody towns. ever invests
0: in an, a, pair, a, no, pair a pair of athletic sneakers. sneakers.
2: It's like, get some Nikes, bitch. <laughs> Shit, do you remember those, like, used to be you could buy,
0: like, almost, like, disposable flats at Rite Aid. Oh, yeah, the ones that fold it up. Yeah, those yeah. would be better. Keep them in your bag, just to pop right? them on. Yeah, li- like, literally, teen media. And okay, we, we are about so it. off yeah. topic We talked about it a little bit in the, yeah, the thing, but, like, I, I really think that this whole episode, even though it doesn't have a lot of, like, plot plot, it does still handle the little bit of, like controversy controversial mm-hmm. topics with like grace I for do, the time period. I
2: do want to say too um Kate and Jeff's weird porn parenting did not work because JT and Toby clearly still do not respect women, especially sex workers. When JT says
0: <sighs> there's no privacy. She's a stripper. The word privacy
2: yeah. is not in her vocabulary. Yeah, my blood boiled
0: a little, yeah. and like well, he's, J.T. is unhinged in this episode. Though, and so I he's get on
2: something. That JT's J.T. JT's a child. I get that. Like it's two thousand and two. I have sympathy for all of that, but like that, there's
0: no any That's that's future legal. Um, the, you know, that's future legal issues there, right there. Right. It just sounds mm-hmm. like you are on the, the lovely road towards being someone's, uh, assailant. <laughs> that's like, what that sounds just like. Just
2: in case, uh, anybody needs this made clear, you still need consent from sex workers,
0: I don't think, hopefully our listeners shouldn't have to be told that. Hopefully but, they shouldn't, but just in because case. Because I think it's fair to just say any any and everyone on this planet deserves the courtesy of being asked their consent. Mm-hmm. Um, no one should be assumed consent. That's not a thing. And it's really gross to have that be just an offhanded comment by a 13-year-old. However... There are many things that I think that we were just comfortable saying and without the implications being like as real as they are now. People don't, I don't think we as a society thought as critically as we, as we do now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that I'm really appreciative to be like, you know, at the age I am and be able to actually take part in talking about things critically that are old, like that I grew up with because I never liked JT. I always thought he was gross. It's mm-hmm. just now that we're looking back on it, we realize just how gross.
1: Right. <laughs> the words and for
0: it. Right. And the, right. I, we have the language to, to describe and it's, um, <sighs> what kind of fucking like sex work shit is, comes out of his mouth. <laughs> sex work is one of those
2: topics that I don't love how Degrassi handles kind of like weed. They have a tendency to demonize weed oh they and I feel suck with like, weed.
0: oh my gosh they handle e better like they, than they handle they weed. they did
2: not handle sex work well at all in this episode i think you know so obviously there's the joey not respecting snakes fucking boundaries and everybody just kind of being creepy about fancy and then she shows up at the wedding and jt and toby are being like super like try hard and like i'll walk you down the aisle no i'll walk you down the aisle and um but then also so after at the reception um spike introduces them and she she's like you know this is my husband archie and fancy says something like you don't strike me as an archie or something it's like
0: yeah
2: and it implies like that they know each other in a professional manner
0: and like it's intimate you wouldn't do that sex workers don't do that yeah like i mean there's it's like there's a i think that there's an implied sort of intimacy there it's like oh we we know each other you know for from, from the night sort of thing. And it's, I mean, it's definitely an ethical line that, um, we did this, uh, we discussed this a little bit before we started recording because we had hoped to have, um, a guest on for this episode, just to talk about the depictions of, uh, the exotic dancer fancy in this episode. And, um, we just decided that it would be better to do like a retrospective on that versus trying to like get one episode because we think mm-hmm. it's just such a great topic, but like to say that the ethical boundaries of someone who does sex work would like, they would not cross into trying to make your business with them established and known. Right. And, you I mean, know, I to their wife is
2: one of the <laughs> yeah. most important services that a sex worker provides um and it just it left a it didn't flow well for me i also i don't love spike's attitude like i like that she's like you know fancy can do what she wants with her body and that's yeah. all well and good but then she turns right around and says but I don't want my husband being the kind of pathetic loser who looks at strippers and yeah. That's still disparaging sex work and by extension disparaging sex workers. And I don't love it. And it's 2002 and whatever, but like, I don't know. You can't, you can't disparage sex work and say that you support sex workers. I mean, you can, people do it all the time, but you know what I mean? And like, there are so many reasons that people see sex workers and there are so many people that seek that. And, like, I don't know. Is it the best coping mechanism to go to the strip club every fucking week? Probably not.
0: But, but it's people cheaper have than a
2: therapy. Of, it's more accessible it, than therapy. It's easier than therapy.
0: I mean, people have a lot of different coping mechanisms. And just, like, I'm not going to – like, I personally am pro – as long as you are not harming anyone, do whatever the fuck you want right. to do. I don't give a fuck, and so I'm not. Hope however you, you cope. Hmm? Is your hand up? You just rest.
1: No, no I'm just okay. holding the you mic. You can
2: just you jump just in. You just
0: chilly wheel.
1: No, um, I, I, I'm, I'm good on this.
0: Uh, no, I, I think it's. I mean it. I do appreciate you know, Spike for reaffirming certain things about like, okay, it's my choice what I want to do. Um, I appreciate that. So I do have points in this episode where I'm like, Spike, you're you, you you had me in the first half. But it's like that they she she takes decidedly like opposite. I stances. mean I think
2: it's I think it's just an example of we all can be doing better you know and whatever our various allyship is i think i think the most important thing that you can do as an ally is know that you can be a better ally and look for those opportunities to learn and grow and do
0: better um and it's like we it's I think a good caveat to point out, because I did agree with um, the discussion we had about this episode was just to point out that for those who might be saying right now, like, oh, my gosh, guys, you are looking very deeply into a show that or episode that aired 21 years ago. Obviously, it's not that this isn't a very dated point of view but it's all dated this is all dated material that we're discussing and i don't think it's i think i I think there's value in talking about how you know relative to where we are now that we know that this wouldn't be written the same way
2: i mean i think it's dated i think it's also still fairly i mean
0: oh totally i mean and there's a lot of people that still don't agree with a lot of you know being super, like, pol- you know, policing certain terminology. And I know people, uh, you know, personally that I know be like, why are you saying exotic dancer over stripper? And I think it's just a conscious decision to be more respectful right. about certain. It and doesn't... it's not that this isn't my personal experience, but it doesn't, you know, harm me or anything to do what people ask me to do and to call them the terms that are more comfortable with them because I would want that deference shown to me.
2: Right. And it's, and it's a matter of like, it feels like a small thing, but like language matters. It like lends credence to stigmas, you know? Um, like I'm big on addiction is a thing that has um, touched my life several times. Um, not me personally, Thankfully, but but I've lost people to it, both entirely and in they're just far gone right now. Um, I've seen a lot of it, and like there are things like I don't use the word clean. I use the word sober, and it's a small thing, but but that perception, it's there. The connotation of clean versus the connotation of sober, is a real thing, and clean implies that if you're not sober you're dirty and dirty is bad. And right. I think it can get to be a little much with the language policing and I try not to like police language but I can be mindful of it
0: myself. And yeah, I mean to to t- give another example and then we can I think we can move on to one other thing I wanted to talk about but like I have locks. I am someone who firmly believes that the word dreadlocks is really, I don't like it. (laughs) That's not, like, I don't believe that, you know, like, that's the proper term for my hair and I would prefer that people use locks. Am I going to punch you in the throat if you say dreadlocks about what my about my hair? No, but I'm just gonna look at you like you're a dick because I asked you to use this word right. <laughs> and that's the word that I prefer. And Words it doesn't matter. harm you. And it, right, like I just think there are a lot of negative connotations associated with dreadlocks. My hair is not dreadful right. for one. And <laughs> that's what I think it's about wonderful. primarily. Oh, thank you. That's what I primarily think about. So, I mean, it's like just use the words that people ask you to use, bitch. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what it boils down to. <laughs> like, it doesn't harm you to do, you know, to do that simple, you know, thing. Right. And it just shows that you are trying to respect the person that is asking that of you. And
2: it's a small thing that I think really does make a big difference.
0: Yes. Absolutely
1: um one thing i want to touch on real quick on just how you how you use language i do feel like people sort of assume you will be not decried but like verbally assaulted mm
0: -hmm. if you
1: use the wrong language after somebody sets that boundary and it's like no they might just remind you it's more about you being mindful (laughs) right right it's it's more when you've well, been reminded five, six, seven, eight, nine times and you're still like,
0: doing it. Right, like you just don't care. And
2: <laughs> I think I think we see a lot of like people resisting being more mindful in their terminology. And like an argument that I see a lot is like that the world is a hard place and a mean place and whatever. And like only if we choose to participate in that. If we all do just decided to and stop being dicks to each other, the world would not be a hard and ugly place.
0: Yeah. So there's an effort. Yeah, it's like I feel like every we all have an effort that we can make to actually just like be less of a dick. And right. I I mean that's my bar, man. It's like I don't try to do too much. I just try not to like go out of my way to be dickly to others. Like I I don't think that that's a lot to ask. And I mean, I really do believe in this saying. And Tabitha Brown said this. I love her. She's so sweet. She's so cute. She's like, now have a good day. But if you can't, don't go messing anybody else's up. Like, that, right. that's true. Like, don't like it, I could be like having the worst day, but like, that doesn't mean I have to shit all over you. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, so the type of
2: person, like, if I'm like frustrated and have to call customer service, for instance, the second mm-hmm. I get on the phone with somebody, I'm like, look. I am really, really upset right now. I know it has nothing to do with you. And that's I'm what I say that. But also if my way. tone gets bitchy, please feel free to call me on it or transfer me to somebody who gets paid enough to deal
0: with me. Um, I say the same shit, Caroline. I'm like, I know this is not you. I know this is completely out of your control, but I'm pissed. Yeah. So just pref- prefacing that. Um, and it's like, you know, stuff like that. I think if we just, you know, use the language people ask us to use and just try to not be dicks to each other and try to be decent human beings and, like, we all have feelings and shit. No, my, my rule on
2: life, essentially, is that I want to love people the way that I want to be loved and that I'm going to do my best to leave this place a little bit better than I found it. And that's, you know, I don't have any, like, delusions of like I'm gonna change the world by being nice but but if I can make my little corner of the world a little bit nicer fuck yeah I'm here for that right um what was the other thing you wanted to touch on Avis
0: um I I I actually was flipping through my notes and I don't think um, um I don't think that I had anything else. I already said how refreshing I think that Sean was towards Emma. And I just think it's probably the sweetest scene. um, Yeah. That I've seen for like, it's probably the scene that, Oh, that's what I wanted to say. I kind of see the appeal now guys of Sean and Emma of just it based on this point in her life. I still stand by the fact that they are not a forever couple, but I forgot how sweet they are in the beginning. It's not how sweet they are though. It's always how sweet he is. It's how, well, right. It's how sweet he is. And I mean, I think that there's gotta be something said for her personality though. The fact that she has to kind of fall on her sword a little bit when it's usually the, like the, the, in these sort of shows, the guy who has to come around his feelings for her. And she's waiting when he's ready sort of thing. But he was waiting for her to be ready. His cards were on the table. And his heart was on the line. And it was really her choice to make. Because he's the one who, even after he realized that she didn't want him at the wedding initially and asked uh, Manny to fucking uninvite him, um, realizes how much she does value him. And how much that she does really like romantically like him, and might even love him. Mm. And I just think it's a very like like subversion of how we usually see these scenes <laughs> between these like I mean they're the romantic leads for all of our purposes because we don't have Jimmy and Ashley anymore, um, so they're like the big couple right now. And I think that they are just. Well, it is. I mean,
2: it's, it's, I it's mean very it, sweet and romantic. It she is, but it's like she. Distance. Everybody's paired off dancing. <laughs> Christ dancing with Annie.
0: Well, right. That's a good mention too. The Crannies. Crannies back on the tracks. Um, but it is. It is Sean being sweet. But it's Emma being res, like allowing that herself to be vulnerable, which she doesn't do. She does not allow herself to be out of control or vulnerable. And for that, I'm like, okay, they. I like that in this episode. that that, that's how it ends and they resolve it after he affirms her and i think it's a really sweet way for them to begin their relationship i do want to know how cranny got back on the tracks though because manny was dead in the water (laughs) she was dead in the water (laughs) i mean i think cranny just realized maybe got a little distance from it and saw her she she's getting she's she's I feel like she gets older by the episode as weird as it mm-hmm. it is to say like she becomes less and less of like the high pitched little squeaky voiced yeah. our puff backpack wearing kid that she was in the first season like she's getting more and more distant from that and you're starting to see okay I can see where you end up and I do well, really like them dancing together I just wish we had maybe one little throwaway comment I or mean- something
2: I don't know. I think it's very in line with the Craig and Manny relationship. I don't think Craig ever on, yeah. likes Manny for anything other than that she's pretty and she puts out.
0: Damn. You're spoiling things. That's a spoiler. <laughs> but okay, from this, from what we know so far, she is pretty. She's pretty. So she's pretty. So they don't that's have that, in common. They don't, and, and I, I mean, think Craig is always way more in common with Ashley. Kind of indifferent to Mammy. and I Manny's- think you have that had this take. And I mean, it's it's. There, I think people compare them to like Marilyn and Jackie. It's it's that sort of okay. The 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 God Madonna
2: or the, or the cutesy whore.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah no basically basically and I mean you know maybe it's just me liking the like I know we had that poll in the Degrassi I think we put it on TikTok Um, we also did it on Facebook and Instagram about like what the favorite iteration of Craig's romances were and I was always team Craig with no one team craig with therapy maybe because like why i don't like him with manny and you know it is a little bit of a spoiler but we can see that they're hinting at him being with ashley obviously that happens um i don't i i either both of them are like no thank you sorry like i just don't think that either of them are valid relationships um but particularly i will agree that She's pretty to him, and he's like, "Ooh, you look like I could tell her outfit." To, to get into the fashion corner, I could tell her outfit is fly, but we don't get very much of it. <laughs> and maybe she's just like, she's looking nice. She's got her hair pulled back. She's got a little uh, wedding we, outfit on. You know. Should she's, we move should, on over to the fashion corner? I think that'd everyone's be a good idea. Corner. Yeah, everyone's favorite corner. But you know that I I love to I, stroll on over. You got some fashion. I've definitely
1: got a fashion. I've got a fashion for this one.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: It's, uh, I'm sure everyone noticed Sean's outfit to the wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. He finally bought a tie. He's got he a bought little, a. Oh my oh, god! A
1: tie, he had,
0: oversized. He had his, his
1: blue up. jeans on, his untucked white button-up shirt, his black tie, and his fucking
0: wallet chain. Yep, that wallet chain. He. I feel like he. Are those the same pants that he's wearing in the library? Because the chain. He can't he has- afford that many pants.
1: <laughs> those are his <laughs> nice chain pants. I mean,
0: because I was raised the- by a single brother, like. He's I was going to say, I took, i like, that's one of my fashions, Charlie. And then the outfit he's wearing when he gets the invitation from Manny and he's got that, like, like, it's like a sweater shirt. <laughs> it's like a sweater shirt. And he's got the chain link. Pa- he's sitting down in the chair, but like, I got a screen grab of him like with the chain link pants on. And it's like, I actually like this outfit, but then I didn't realize that he wore the same fucking pants. To the wedding. It's fine. Shawn. Guys, okay? It's, it's so him some you slack are because such he can't a fashion snacks. victim. I just, it's fine. Did he, it's fine.
1: Did he have a leather jacket like, at yes. one point whenever it shows up? That was a good that's look, That's That's
0: one that I like, because I like it. It's one of those real, like, you know, worn in leather. It's not a shiny leather. It's a worn in leather jacket. And he just slips it on, like, at the end of their conversation. And it's just, so nice it looks like it looks like it's a little buttery yeah
1: <laughs>
0: it's a, like um it's a, probably the one look that i think he probably borrowed from tracker and that's why i like it so much that's probably tracker's fucking jacket probably <laughs> like because i just don't see him picking that out like even though it looks good on him i don't see that like that's not really his style i think it's probably because he's about to ride the motorcycle is he that's why he had it <laughs> But um, I love it on him, um, and I think we both had JT and Toby's fucking Miami Vice. how yes,
2: they brought it back.
0: <laughs> it's like Toby's got like a red wing tip sort of uh, button up, and um, like a you know he's got the shoulder pad, uh, blazer. And JT has a like lemon yellow. It's like kind of like it's not lemon yellow mellow yellow um, uh, blazer as well. And he like Joey is channeling the palm beat the palm trees. Um, he's got a blue palm tree t-shirt on. Yeah um, and Joey's rocking a Hawaiian. I love Joey's Hawaiian tea with the like the palm tr- the beach palm tree scene. It's very cute. It's very Joey. It's like classic Joey. I really like Joey's really channeling like Joey circa 1988 here. Like he's really channeling his Degrassi classic roots. But um, I've got a lot of fashion for this episode, guys. One thing I did notice in um, episode one, there was a couple background characters serving it. And I just really want to shout out to the couple background characters that I noticed. The first one was this guy who walked past when Emma is giving her book report to Quan and he's got this like really like this uh, track suit on and it's like yellow it's like bumblebee yellow and he's got a hat on. I did take the screenshot but it's not in the drive so. That sucks. That's why I'm not describing it as well as the other ones. Um, yeah, <laughs> he
2: is. It's, it's right here. He's got the red hat and the yellow and black tracksuit. What is the type? What is the number? IMG thing? underscore three four eight two dot PNG.
0: Damn it, Avis. There's one you didn't get. Girl, get it together. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Um, There there, He's wearing a red baseball cap, which I actually think throws off the outfit a little bit, but I really do like his, like, uh, sweatsuit with the um, yellow line running all the way down it, and I kind of think he steals the scene because he walks past in, like, three different camera angles. But then in that same scene, of course, Emma is in her little... um, Emma and Quan are in the same shot, I don't really like Emma's outfit or Quan's outfit as much as Emma's. I just wanted to get Emma's from the back. That's why I put Quan in the tribe because I think Quan looks a little dowdy actually. Um, I'm not liking her outfit nor her shoes.
2: Yeah.
1: it does not give.
0: It doesn't give. It's like the front of her shoes. I, I hate though like that square but it's not quite severe square. It's like a square into a round like a squoble? A squ- oh my gosh thank you. And I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that again. But yes, that's exactly Squirrel. the shape. Squoval? It's okay. a nail shape. Really?
2: Yeah, it's like a oh. squared off oval or an oval off square.
1: It's like a it's like a square with rounded corners. Oh no no, no. it'd be an oval like at the top. I'm thinking of a squircle.
2: <laughs> no, you can tell that I don't get my nails rounded. done.
0: Yeah. I don't do that. I don't get my nails done that often, and you can tell i'm a coffin girly or a stiletto okay i do know those shapes i do um but yeah that's i I don't like the shape of those shoes and that's probably why her whole outfit's thrown off but then the top it's all it's all a mess emma's outfit despite her holding her shoes the entire time which really bothered me because she's just walking around like black barefooted um her shoe her soles of her feet are black Um, just just so you know and she's carrying her shoes that do not really match with her outfit but honestly the outfit that she's walking around in without her shoes is a little bit of a look she's got like you know the flare jeans she has they have a little bit of uh flower detail embroidery embroidery and I think like the misbuttoning of her it looks like a bed shirt to me but it also could be the fact that like
2: I think it just looks like a bed shirt because I think it just buttoned, looks
0: right. Right. Cause it's not, but, but I like that it's not button. Right. And then she has like a tighter sort of cami underneath. And I think it's very effortless kind of like pre Serena Vanderwoodson. I'm going to be as far, I'm going to be very generous here. <laughs> That's me being generous saying pre Serena Vanderwoodson. Cause I actually think. Serena dresses way better than Mo ever will, but and well, like, Serena has millions of dollars. She really does. That's an unfair comparison, I guess. But to be fair, for the millions of dollars, Serena always looks like she's half homeless. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> this is not a Gossip Girl podcast. It's not. But guys, I'll talk about it anyway. Mom
1: um, Bad Girls Club.
0: Oh. Did you
1: say Bad Girls Club? Uh, sorry, I spaced out. I actually have another one, and it's <laughs> I have another fashion that I really like.
0: Okay,
1: it's a JT. Really?
0: Okay.
1: JT did a right in the intro, and there's okay. not really a great a okay. great look of it, but he's got his Hawaiian on. He's got a yellow shirt under, and he's got a necklace, and it it gives real good. I saw that in a the hallway. Cool. Patchy, Patchy. I've
2: been rewatching Project guess- Runway.
1: It was maybe a bit too matchy-matchy, but I think the bright colors actually look really good on JT.
2: Yeah, it's one of, his, it's one of his better outfits. I'll give him it's, that.
1: Look it's at that boy. Yeah.
2: It's I not think a, he didn't get be... dressed in the dark it's today. Shell. It's not like a shell necklace.
1: It's like a beaded necklace. Yeah, it's like a beaded necklace, but I, it's... Did I not upload He, that he remembered to turn that? the lights on when he put his clothes on this morning, and I want to applaud him for that.
0: Because, so yeah, the they, I think... There's like a, a picture I got that it looked like all of them were in like a teen movie walking down the um walking down the hallway together. Um Emma, yeah, this one. Yeah. I don't think I uploaded it, but yeah. that's a good picture of the outfit. And you actually get Manny's jeans, which I really like. Um I'll try Yeah, Manny's
2: outfit, the green shirt. I, I love Manny's. Really
0: yeah, because it's, like, I like the um, – I think that she puts a jean jacket on it later.
2: Yeah, but, when she gets um, to Sean
0: she's wearing a jean jacket. I actually prefer it without the jean jacket. I prefer just the green shirt because I think it's a really, like, nice color for her. But then I didn't realize that faded part on the front of her jeans. I really like that with the the shirt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I don't see it as much with the jean jacket. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig, actually, I like the sweater Craig's wearing um, with the fedora. It's like a ribbed sweater um, that's probably like more closer to brown than it is tan. Oh, there's a kitty cat.
2: We're going to need cat talks again, that's... Charlie. Oh,
1: golly. That's that's cricket. She's uh, stepping on my keyboard right now. She she wanted to be a part of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you heard she was purring into the microphone.
0: It didn't.
1: Um, also, and, I just noticed Emma was sleeping fully clothed at the start she, of part one.
0: She has on like the very similar like bedroom pants that she, I think that's what makes me think that she has on that that shirt is a bedroom shirt, but it's like no, because I think she wakes. There's up like plaid pants. Top. Yeah, she wakes. She uh, like probably she the a same really, tank top. Weirdly
2: messy bed, like it looks like spike's bachelorette party was the night before and they had it in emma's bedroom she wakes up with like a giant stuffed neon yeah this and like rose petals or confetti or something it's a weird scene it's a weird weird scene
0: yeah okay um i think i started to talk about my uh my people in the background and I did, I left it off with the guy with the tracksuit. I have two more people in the background, three more people in the background. Then I think I'm done. Cause like, all right. Um, there is a background girl and it's when Manny goes to talk to, she tells Emma to put her shoes on. And then she goes to talk to these two random people near the locker. She's a blonde hair girl. She has this really cute oversized, like it kind of looks like a letter, like a Letterman style jacket with like puffy green sleeves and this dramatic ass scarf. Okay. And she's fly. She could be an exchange student. The only thing that throws me off are the athletic looking sneakers. Not her fault though. Um, then there is the girl with J Lo vibes when Manny is in the yes. Is that,
1: is that the one you were talking about? The first one.
0: Yes, I screwed. Yes, I made a very blatant it's hard to crop people out of things that would probably have been a better picture Um, okay it
2: looks like this the last background girl you were talking about it looks like she's wearing
0: like a flag i thought it was a a flag but then i was like it's possible she she had a dramatic ass scarf it's possible she's heather sinclair yeah she's
2: a
1: daily for international day
0: she could be uh banksy (laughs) And this girl that looks like JLo, she's got like a newsboy cap. We really only see the back of her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got like a newsboy cap. She actually looks like how Manny, you know, a couple of Manny's looks in the next few seasons. Um, she's got pigtails and this like tan um, matching uh, tight ass. It's very tight suit, sweatsuit. And actually, it's just like I, I want to call her Baby J Lo. Somebody just like dressed her and threw her in the background, like just walk past Manny. It's fine. Um, just steal the steal the entire scene from her. It's okay. And then um, the cake delivery lady, she is so cute. She reminds me of Molly Ringwald in um, in Sixteen Candles. She's got like a little um, felt like jean those felt jean looking hats um, that are like. I mean, it's like a sun hat, but jean. And she's got a matching um, jean jacket with pink detail. And I think like a yellow dress under it. But once again, I'm like, why are they dressing these background characters so well? Why are they dressing these minor characters better than half of the main cast? I don't know, but they decided, let's just blow our wardrobe budget on the background characters for this episode. Fuck it. Um, We have the wedding looks. Uh, I like Caitlin's dress. Lucy is wearing an identical dress. It's very hard to tell. Um, It's very, I think it's very like 90s with the, you know, shawl around her neck. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a green dress. And I think Spike's is very similar to that, but it's very underwhelming. So I didn't, I don't really like Spike's outfits. I liked her,
2: um, Indy five hundred shirt that she actually got married
0: in. Right, I like that. That's much. It's more Spike. It's way more Spike, and it looks way better on her. So, um, yeah, for me this was ended up being a pretty fashion heavy episode. And oh, Manny's balloon shirt. I think I I don't know why they're dressing her in such bright colors this episode, but it was it really worked for me. She I mean she ended up like I guess compared like looking like a carrot and a lime, but I really think they those are. <laughs> those are colors that work for her so um
1: can i um can i show you an example of how dress code makes JT look better
2: yeah.
1: yeah here he is after school
2: oh goodness he's not
1: allowed to wear a hat he's not allowed to wear sunglasses you
2: got to move it over a little bit charles
1: which way
0: yeah, yeah that's good that's better yeah, yeah.
1: He just—he looks so much worse once he's got his backwards baseball cap and his tinted glasses on. Dress does code he, saved that boy.
0: Does he? Does he not wear hats before?
1: In- he wears them kind of between classes sometimes, but like during the classes, he's—he's he's not uh, supposed to have a hat on. They made a whole to do about that, I think, in the pilot.
0: Oh dear. Yeah. in the
1: in, not the pilot, but the first episode they're in school.
0: Yeah. Right after. Yep. After MCR. Um. Okay. Yeah. I think that's I mean, like I said, it was a heavy fashion episode for me, but I feel like the visuals that we'll post on the socials, you yeah. know, they, it, it's I gonna know. be um it's gonna be a long slideshow, so buckle up. <laughs> but
1: Buckle um... up, Buckaroos.
2: So I believe that it's time to mostly from the fashion corner on into the bad part of town where the shots are fired. Pew 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 shots
1: fired.
2: Pew, 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 pew. Charlie, I thought
0: we had a sound for that.
1: Yeah, but it's always fun. (laughs)
0: Oh. All right. Which one comes first? Did you want to do... Because yours is... uh... I think
2: the first one is when... um, In the hallway with... In the hallway when Craig... When JT and Toby come up to Craig and he's like, JP
0: and... uh, Tony.
1: Tony.
0: What's up? Mm-hmm. What's up? Um, Craig, and like he says his first like Craig Manning. <laughs> like he's so insulting. Um, uh, my next, my one uh, first one is um, Sean asking Emma what happened to your hair and Emma just pointing her finger after beat in response. <laughs> like it was like a rickroll of herself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um re emma's hair when lucy
2: and caitlin get there and lucy sees it and says spike you
0: didn't i thought you were supposed to be a professional oh my gosh this is so good this is so good i'm gonna fire a shot at joey for thinking that 20 years old isn't old enough to see an exotic dancer right 24 I mean no, I like said 26. so my original note was 24 and that was me being generous to him okay you could think these kids if you think these kids are 12 24 is what is old enough but you could just be dumb and think that they're 10 years old 20 is still old enough to see a stripper right I right. would I would wager that 18 is old enough to see a stripper because you're just you are you can go to the army you can vote why can't you see a stripper that's when they'll start letting you in why not um, right yeah and then uh, very shortly after that in this part one Craig um, his reaction when he d- d- runs to the door hoping to see Fancy and it is Toby and JT instead his face which we will post is very disappointed <laughs> it's like the worst reaction to someone seeing you at the door ever you wouldn't
2: <laughs> i really loved manny and joey are like decorating a car with balloons and they're using helium which i don't understand why you would use helium for like balloons that you're taping to a car but whatever it's fine it's fine it um, but they're fucking around with the helium and joey takes a hit and sings the only song he knows um, uh, everybody, and, wants well <laughs> and then Manny takes a hit of helium and goes, That's a dumb
0: song, which is hilarious. Her little voice is so funny. Um, and then over in part two, I think it's hilarious when um, the boys are looking through the feed for the first time and they see Radage. so I'm like, Radage ah, <laughs> um. And then I've got to also fire a shot at Toby and JT for falling the fuck asleep. That shows that y'all are not ready to see Fancy the Exotic the exotic dancer because come come on now, it was way it was past y'all bedtime. Bed- it was way past y'all bedtime. She just went home. <laughs> right.
1: Do you think? Do you think they when when Joey finds them and he's like. Uh... He's like, your parents must be worried sick. Do you think they did the old, oh, I'm going to a sleepover at JT's, so I'm going to a sleepover at Toby's trick? Probably. That,
0: probably. Yeah, I think that would be the best bet. <laughs> Scramble oh, also, the- JT still has
1: parents. JT he does, does still have
0: parents. Even though they mentioned, they have now mentioned his grandmother because they talk about how he hasn't seen a—he's never seen a live woman naked or whatever—and then and Toby has to remind him, except for when you walked in on your grandma in the shower or whatever. And he's like, "I thought we agreed that never happened."
1: That's—that's <laughs> that's not real.
0: Just because you repress it, right, doesn't mean it didn't happen. But we're not going to get into that it's a whole other thing. But um, maybe we can start. You know talk about our shining stars and super bummers for this long-ass wiener of an episode.
1: <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate.
0: That's how I feel. Um, <laughs> um, what do you, know, what are you, do you, do any of when you want to start with your shining stars?
2: Nobody
1: Tracker Cameron. Yeah,
0: Tracker
2: Cameron. Tracker Cameron. It's all of the supporting characters. It's Tracker Cameron. It's Manny
0: Santos. Mm. It's Sean. It's Sean. It is Sean. Even is. though Sean is
1: heartbroken and uninvited to a wedding, he still offers sage advice to his maybe
2: girlfriend. Yeah, no, Sean's good in this one.
0: Um, he is and he doesn't he's not getting anything out of this. He's just he's just a good um, which I appreciate, so yeah, I mean and, and like, I yeah, and everybody else kind of fucking sucked sucks yeah, super bummers, everyone else super bummers, all of y'all um, <laughs> definitely although I think
2: that there are some like shout out super of these bummers super, bummers. Yeah, super Um. Bad. fucking Spike honestly, Emma
0: Emma, totally Emma. Um, I I really yeah Spike and I am gonna throw Snake at, Snake and Spike Snake and Spike. Emma. I I think Snake is an honorable mention because I think
2: while Snake could have responded better, mm-hmm. it wasn't an unreasonable response to what was happening around him. He, oh, he no. was angry
1: the and S-Man. Emma was. Right. That's what happened. Oh totally,
0: the S man has i just think that whenever like i really take this category super literally and i'm like whenever you bum me out yeah going on there and i i I totally they really did bum me out they they bum me out hard they are
2: i have one more shining star definitely
0: lucy for fixing emma's hair totally lucy for saving the damn day because yikes
1: Lucy's good. I'll, I will appreciate Caitlin was not a super bummer this time. Uh,
0: around. The she was a just gave advice. <laughs> Caitlin just tried to float, but then she couldn't help but getting involved in like everything that was going on. She could have just minded her business, but she, I don't think so, that she's capable, um, but she didn't bum me out. She didn't bum me out. Um,
1: no. Yeah, she was just kind of there for she was me just, she was, right she, she was like, just
0: there for me i was just like whatever so
1: you're outvoted caroline two to one
0: that's fair <laughs> um and yeah it's like everybody else was pretty like was just a non-factor
1: can i can i actually get why um caroline you think emma's a super bummer because Emma was kind of just there for me, too. I think, for the most part, she was just a 13-year-old girl.
2: She was, I think...
1: Catastrophizing. Mm
2: -hmm. I think sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night is like... You could have taken a second to think about that. She is a 13-year-old girl. And she was nasty to Manny. And she was nasty to Sean. Like, that all worked out. But, like, how shitty... Yeah. I know you didn't invite him but it's been done now and it's shitty to make Manny go and like uninvite him. It's shitty to her, it's shitty to him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean I she right like I think for that she can go on there because that part I didn't appreciate as a as a friend. Like damn, you're literally making me uninvite someone wow well That's just and, the shitty
2: you know and also <sighs> and it's not her fault entirely because like spike has an inappropriate relationship with that mom but the way she is about like all up in spike's business about spike possibly terminating the pregnancy and all of that like it bummed me yeah. out
0: That bummed me out too, but I I do, I do get Charlie's POV. Mm -hmm. I think if we're going to do an honorable mention for, cause like I I truly felt bummed out by Spike and her just lack of communication. And I know that she felt like she had cause, but for me, she bummed me out way more legitimately and like that I stand by that. Then I can say that, you know, I, maybe it goes tears. Of course, Spike, Emma, she's got moments like uh but then snake he's got a moment and uh for that i will give those last two honorable mentions keep in mind that this is an
2: emma nelson slander podcast
0: (laughs) it is and i just i feel like it's important to be to to call it like you see it even when we're trying to slander this character I I think Joey deserves at least an honorable mention as well.
1: No, Joey's a bummer Um, Joey's Joey's just a a
0: straight yeah, I mean, he doesn't really he allows himself to be persuaded but
2: but this was your idea
0: like how is that, like, that's
2: worse than you just disrespecting your friend's boundaries
1: because a child told you they wanted a stripper
0: Mm right You're not even allowed. I mean, you shouldn't allow them to see a stripper. You shouldn't. They are under eight. That is not okay. However, (laughs) I don't know to like let them talk you into something that they can't even participate in themselves is a little weird. Yeah. It's a little like boundary crossy. It's a little odd, but yeah, for that. Oh, totally. He bummed me out. No question, but that's just Joey. When there's Joey Heavy yeah. episodes, I just feel like he just he either comes off really good or he comes off really bad. So
2: yeah.
0: Um sure this is one of those that's like you bum me out, Joey.
1: He yeah, no, this this episode really had me go from like you guys know I was on the Joey's a decent parent train. This derailed that train immediately.
0: Off the tracks for you. Like
1: like, like it was getting shaky. Yeah, uh, in the in the Craig steals a car episode, but then ooh, ooh, he just <laughs> fucked up.
2: Yeah, no, Joey's not a great example. Like, and he's a better dad to Craig than Albert, but uh, that's
0: a low but bar. that that's a very low bar. Thank you. you walk over that. The bar is on <laughs> the fucking floor. Not beating a kid, but like, thank you for not for not beating him, Joey. Trig- you know, I feel like that's tr- tr- trigger warning for that, but. There's just no, you know, maybe we could cut that. I just don't want people to come at at us with pitchforks. Jeez. Um,
1: Kudos to you, Joey, for rescuing a kid from a bad situation. However,
0: that doesn't mean that you just can go balls to the wall in every other area. Right. Um, So for that, you are a bummer, Joey. Yeah. But um, I I think it's time to ask, does it go there?
1: Does it go there?
0: Does it go there?
1: Does it go there?
0: (laughs) Well, seeing as I called it a wiener.
2: (laughs) I think, you know, I think... It goes to the
1: wiener zone.
2: It does in the sense that, like, the episode is very much dealing with adult problems.
0: Yeah, that's in that regard.
2: It
1: doesn't because I don't care. (laughs)
2: Yeah, thinking about it as, like, the target audience. No.
1: No.
0: It's just, right, like, that's, how I feel like that's how I began the episode. Just saying, like, I don't really care. <laughs> and I watched well, the that's... older show, and I don't really care. So.
1: I feel like you could argue it doesn't go there because it doesn't really. Yes, it's dealing with a serious and adult. Problem, but it's not Mm. treating it with any real respect or focus. It's not looking at this from a a serious standpoint. It's kind of more like, "Well, we need something to happen with Spike."
0: We sure do. Yeah, we sure do. This can't be a a, like a wedding in paradise. There needs to be a little bit of anxiety here. This needs to be a will they, won't they situation. How can we do that? We just have a nice wedding. They just can't have a nice wedding. It's just too boring. It's too boring, guys. We can't do that. We've got to throw a baby in there because pregnancy is stressful. Pregnancy yeah, but there's like stressful. a bunch of other things that you probably could have did. I don't know. No,
1: these these two episodes, as well as um, I, the the one we'll be talking about next week, all of them, the resolutions really felt like the time limits running up it didn't feel like there was a real resolution to any of the problems presented it was just like well we're almost done
2: right
0: fair and i think it's like i try to give them the benefit of the doubt because i know we've said before not every episode can be like a hot button topic or a hot you know something that's crazy happening to the characters because we you know obviously that's exhausting but it was su- it was a super filler and even though we get the payoff of Emma and Sean it's almost like okay but we knew that it was just a matter of time for that and so to feel like this wasn't such a waste of an episode I feel like they're like here f- throwing us scraps and it's fine it's just like it's very clear that's it's not there wasn't much happening here, guys. We just get a we just get a couple of you know funny moments, and we get an exotic dancer, and I mean honestly, that's that whole plot is more interesting than Spike and Sneak's wedding, yeah, which is the forefront of the story. Um, but it ends up feeling like the backdrop because <laughs> we don't care. But we don't care we love them though we love them we love them it's just this show's not really about you right it's just like move out of the way guys just shove them but um but yeah i I, show's not about them but it was fine it didn't go there though it did not
2: thank you for listening to your mom's podcast next week we'll be talking about don't believe the hype hazel's one and only storyline and Careless Whisper, wherein we discover that Toby learned absolutely nothing from Jimmy and Ashley and is quite the suction cup himself.
1: This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by Fact Plus Pregnancy Tests, Fillmore's Gentleman's Club, and support from listeners like you.
0: If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Podcast. You can also visit our website. At www.padcast.com Your mom's podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash your mom's podcast. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H. D-C-A-S-T.